Hey, Takeover Church, thank you so much for checking out today's message, whether it's on podcast or on YouTube. We are so grateful that you are here. We pray it blesses you and encourages you and that you will like, share, and subscribe across all Takeover platforms. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday. God bless. We love you guys. I don't know how I'm supposed to do anything on your backside. I just want to hang out with Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Y'all ready for the word of God this morning? Yes. I'm legit up for it. Fantastic. Can you guys just make some noise for our amazing service? Yeah. We're going to our series, Breaker, today. So we just say, Breaker? Breaker? And like we do every single Breaker, like a Breaker. We're going to do Breaker? Oh, man. Like we do every single Sunday. We are going to start off before we go any further in our Breaker series with the Breaker Creed. Are you ready? Alright, recite this with me as we go to be up here on the Sky Bible. A Breaker is a child of God, a follower of Jesus, a temple of the Holy Spirit. A Breaker desires the things above, a Breaker understands the need for breaking, a Breaker will gives themselves to breaking. A breaker seeks the anointing of God that only comes through the breaking of God. The breaker's anointing is the ability to break through any spiritual hindrance that would impede upon God's kingdom or God's purposes for his church. Come on! Come on! Does that not get you stoked this morning? Alright, if you're taking notes, the title of the message is, y'all ready? By the way, how great did the foyer look with all those little treats out there and stuff? Shout out to the setup crew who got out here today. Amazing stuff to HBM and Cold Partners and whole thing. You rock band. It was amazing out there. So for keto, there was just so much out there for you. It's great. Title of the message you take notes is the Breakers Takeover. The Breakers Takeover. It's only fitting today that we bring it back. Sound good? Yeah. All right, and the cool thing is we are coming out of the New Testament this morning, this entire series. We have been camping out in the Old Testament today. We're going back to the New. Sound good? Yes, All right, coming out of Galatians 5, 16 through 25. If you're there, say I'm there. I'm there. I know you're not. <laughs> It'll be on the Sky Bible as well. But Galatians 5, 16, 20, 16 through 25. Ready? But I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sexuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, the dissensions and divisions, envies and drunkenness and orgies and things like these. I warn you as I've warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, 
let us also keep in step with the Spirit. We're going to pray. We're going to get to it. Sound good? Yeah. Father God, we just thank you so much for this morning. God, we thank you for three years. God, you're the only way we made it. God, through a pandemic, through attacks, through standing on the Word of God, through all of the things, God, that 2018 and now, it looks impossible. But what's impossible with man has always been possible with God. Father, we just invite you into this place. Father, we just say that the, the break's over. It's time for a takeover. So come, move. Holy Spirit, do what only you can today, Father God. We're not interested in another church service. Or we're not interested in another sermon, God. We are interested in a move of God unlike any other. So you have our heart, you have our lives, you have our time, you have our attention, God. We lay it at your feet right now. And we say, do what you came to do, God, not what I'm planning to do. Come and do what you have planned to do. In Jesus' mighty name, the faithful church said. Amen. Amen. Come on. Is there anybody who's just grateful for Jesus today? Amen. That wasn't loud. I know we can make that a lot louder because I know he has saved me, not just from certain damnation in hell, but he has saved me from myself time and time again, and I guarantee he's done the same for you. Are you grateful for Jesus today? Yeah. There we go. I would not have put the microphone out had Adrian walk by. Well, Scream. Be blessed. Be blessed. <laughs> the breakers take over. The breakers take over. Like we said last week, last week marked a change in this season. Last week marked a change in direction. Last week marked a pivot in this journey of breaker, of this idea, this, this, this notion, this creed, this conviction that God gave us going into this new year that we were no longer just going to be broken, but we will be doing the breaking. Amen? That we were called to not just take it from the world, but to bring it back to the world. Amen? That we are called to be breakers. But friends, today, following the pivot of last week, today is the day that we recognize that for every breaking, for every breaking, there is a takeover. For every breaking, there is a takeover. You see, a lot of times people will ask us about our name and I'll say, I didn't choose it. That's it's God. And I felt convicted over it when he wanted because I would have chose something way more nicer sounding at first that people would be really excited about and rally behind, you know? New Grace Essential or something. I have no idea. Like, I would have chose that, okay? But God spoke something to Adrian and I's hearts quite a few years back, and it was that Jesus did not come. He did not die. He did not hang on a cross. He did not go through persecution. He did not forsake the Holy Spirit and, and, and to live as, a, as His Lordship, to live as a man on this earth and do His miracles and do all these things and be the Lamb that was slain for the foundation of He did not give all that up. He did not go through all that simply to take part in our lives. But Jesus came to take That's over right. our lives. Right. 
that this is no longer about religious play-play or checking in our card that we came on a Sunday and then we left, okay? This is not what this is about. This is about a reckoning. This is about an undertaking. This is about an overthrowing. This is about God coming in and overthrowing what was and taking over what will be. This is about God overthrowing what was and, uh, and taking over what will be. Amen? Amen. Come on, if there is going to be a takeover in our city by the kingdom of God, there first has to be a takeover within us. If there is first going to be an overthrowing of our city for the kingdom of God, there has got to be an overthrowing in us. If there is ever going to be an overflowing of God in our city, then there has to be an overflowing of us. Amen? But how many of you know how many of you know there cannot be an overflow before there is an overflow? There cannot be an overflow before there is an overthrow. I cannot steward an overflow in my life before God overthrows my life. I can't handle the overflow in my life before God overthrows my life. Amen? Come on, somebody. For every breaking... There has to be a takeover. For every breaker, there has to be a takeover. There has to be a moment where God just undertakes everything we thought we were. And He overthrows it. And He overpours and He overflows what He has said that we are. There has to be a moment. There has to be a moment with the Holy Spirit where we invite God into our lives in such a way in such a way where the chambers of our heart is not guarded off to Him. That there are no walls between He and I that any area in our lives that He wishes to have access to, He gets access to. Any area in our lives where He wants to flow, He gets to flow. If we are ever going to host an overflow from heaven, we've got to be willing to have an overthrow from heaven. Today it's my heart, it's my plea that we would go from overthrow to overflow. That God would begin to do something in our lives today that we would leave here emphatically, forcefully, and deliberately, and purposely changed for the kingdom of heaven. That today we would leave this place understanding that God didn't send the Holy Spirit after He crucified His Son simply so that He could just be this thing that we talk about, that we sing about, but we don't ever live by, we don't ever experience. Today I pray that we leave here stronger and we leave here confident and we leave here more certain of what our God is able to do in and through our lives. Amen? Breakers take over. So what does that have to do with this scripture? What does it have to do with the Apostle Paul? In this first portion of the scripture, Matthew, you throw that first verse up for me. I love this first statement. He says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. But I say, walk by the Spirit, 
as you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. Friends, can I also encourage you to potentially challenge some of us this morning as well. You walk by the, if you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. But if you walk by the flesh, you will not fulfill the leading of the Spirit. Yeah. If you walk by the flesh, you will not fulfill the leading of the Spirit. I love this moment. I love this moment with the Apostle Paul. If you don't know a lot about him, he's a dude who was named Saul at one point in time, who was commissioned by Jewish law to go and hunt down followers of the way, a.k.a. Jesus followers, a.k.a. Christians, a.k.a. you and me, like 2,000 years ago, okay? That was what he was allowed to do, to go and behead, to kill, to jail, to do tons of heinous things. And he meets Jesus, and Jesus radically changes his life so much that he goes from Saul to Paul. That's who he is. And from killing Christians, he goes to stewarding churches. From killing Christians, he goes to leading churches. From beheading Christians, he becomes an oversight for so many churches. And one of them happens to be this one. The church in Asia. Galatia. Here in this church... Paul, the reason he writes this verse, the reason he has this whole conversation with them via this letter, is that he notices something. He notices something in his people and in his house that is not fit for his people and not fit for God's house. And what Paul begins to see through conversations and word of mouth and from visits from time to time as he's able to make it there, is often he was jailed. What Paul begins to realize is, man, the Holy Spirit has not taken over these churches, but the spirit of the flesh has overtaken these churches. What started as a move of the Holy Spirit, what began in the upper room in Acts 2, with the Holy Spirit falling on men and people prophesying, and Peter preaching a message where he quoted the book of Ezekiel, where I will pour out my flesh upon all people was started in this upper room and moved to Asia and all these other places. Paul is getting wind. That's not the Holy Spirit that is leading this church any longer. Instead, they are welcomed in the flesh. They have welcomed in these things that God says, this is not what's best for your life. This might sound like we're going in a crazy direction this morning. And you might be wondering what that has to do with takeover church. And you might be going, that ain't me. But what I find is more often than not, this actually is us. Myself included. That there are times where I need to have this reminder. That I need to have this word from heaven. That I need to understand that there are things within myself that need to be overthrown so that I can overflow. That there are things in my life that has to have an undertaking so that I can see Jesus take over. Amen? That there are things within my life that I have been keeping in step with, that I am walking in, that I have been doing. That has not been enabling me to fulfill the Spirit's leading in my life. So Paul, he starts it off, he's making a plea to his church. He's saying, friends, if you walk by the flesh, you will gratify the desires of the flesh. But if you walk by the Spirit, somebody, if you walk by the Spirit, 
If you walk by the Spirit, you will fulfill the Spirit's leading on your life. Amen. So it's in this moment that we see this amazing movement in Galatians begin to happen. This amazing book is one of my favorite books in the entire Bible. I love going back to this because I love Paul just bringing us back to the main thing. We can get consumed with worship. We can get consumed with lights. We can get consumed with a small room. We can get consumed with all these things. These silly, silly matters. And yet there is Paul in the book of Galatians writing to the church. Don't give in to the flesh. Don't give in to the flesh. These two things... They are vying for your attention. There is two ways that this thing goes, Paul is saying here. There are two ways that this works. You will either gratify your flesh or you will be led by the Spirit. There's only two ways that this works. You will either gratify the desires of your flesh or you will fulfill the leading of the Spirit. And I think it's paramount today that we begin to ask ourselves the question, What am I being led by? What am I being walked by? What am I walking in? I think if we decide to take an honest examination of our own individual lives and what season we're in and what season we've been in and the choices we just made and the repercussions that we've had from them, if we began to sit with the Holy Spirit and we decided to ask Him, reveal to us, reveal to me, Matt McClure, what is it that I've been being walked by? What is it that I've been walking in? Because Paul makes it very clear here. It doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how cultured you are. It doesn't matter how intelligent you are. It doesn't matter how unintelligent you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't really matter what you've seen. There are two ways this life is going to go. You will either be led by the flesh or you will be led by the spirit. Yeah, Paul, it's good. It's good. There is no in-between. Somebody say there is no in-between. There is no in-between. He didn't come to take part. Take part would mean there's in-between. There is no in-between. There is no prey. This is our God. Amen. Amen. He came to take over. So Paul, this moment, he lays it out black and white. For the church, for a Christian, for a Jesus follower, we don't get to have it both ways. We really don't. We really don't. He goes on to list a bunch of things off, doesn't he? He goes to list off all of these things that he says, if you are led by the flesh, if you are led by the flesh, he says that you will not, the byproduct the fully realized, the fully grown, the fully understanding where it has just grown into this thing, this fruit of the flesh, as he calls it, will be not inheriting the kingdom of heaven. That is stark, that is bleak, that is stone cold. But it is said with all of the love 
that heaven can muster up. Because how many of you know heaven's cry, heaven's plea, is that you would live the way God has called you to live? Heaven's cry is shaking. Thunder is roaring. Lightning is clashing. Fire is burning. And God is saying in all of it, I made you. I did. Culture can try to shape you. Marriages can hurt you. Upbringings can fail you. But I made you. I made you. And these things that Paul would go on to say, clearly stating all of these things they will fail you they will rob from you they will keep you and they will take from you what I have purposed for you I love what Paul says in this moment because he says these things work against one another, the spirit and the flesh, all designed to keep you from what you want to do. All designed to keep you from what you want to do. The flesh has been corrupted. The flesh has fallen. The flesh has been perverted. The flesh has been taken over by darkness, and it will keep you from doing what it is that you want to do. Well, Pastor Matt, how can that be? What do you mean? I thought, I thought nothing can separate me from love. God, nothing can separate you from the love of God. He's been pursuing you your entire life before you ever bent in the knee and decided to make Him Lord and Savior of your life. Once you had Jesus, nothing can separate you. But that doesn't mean that you have full access to everything that He has. That's right. That's good. You see, the flesh can keep you from what you want. To do. I think a question we need to begin asking ourselves today, aside from what are we being led by and what are we walking by and what are we walking in, is what do we want to do? Have a ponder for a second. What do you want to do? Have a think. What do you want to do? Maybe today you're saying, you know what? I want to go where God wants me to go. The flesh can keep you from going where God wants you to go. Maybe you're saying today, man, I want to lay hands and I want to see the sick healed. I want to see brokenness mended. I want to see dead bodies raised. I want that kind of power in my life, anointing all my life. The flesh can keep you from that. I want dreams and visions and words of knowledge from heaven that are inexplainable, but I know that God gave them to me and I will see the fruit of it on the other side of it coming to fruition. The flesh can keep you from I want to see my marriage restored. The flesh can keep you from that. I want to see my purpose fulfilled. The flesh can keep you from that. I want to be excited about life again. I want depression to cease. The suicidal thoughts to, to dry up. The flesh can keep you from that. I want to remain pure as a single person. The flesh can keep you from that. The flesh will keep you from doing what it is that you want to do. Oh man, I want to go into rooms where everything in the environment changes simply because I'm there. The flesh will change you to the room that you were in, while the spirit will change the room to you. 
the flesh will change you. Living by the flesh will change you to the room, but being led by the Spirit will change the room to you. Amen? Amen. This is the difference. This is the dichotomy. This is what God has set up from the beginning. It was always His plan to do life with you on His terms because it's what's best for you. And it's out of that. It's out of that. But the Spirit will keep you. You see, Paul, he doesn't just specify here that the Spirit, or rather, the, he doesn't just specify here that the flesh alone will keep you from doing what you want to do. He says these two things are opposed, working against one another, keeping you from what you want to do. Friends, I came to encourage you with some good news today. Amen? The Spirit will keep you from what you want to do. The Spirit will keep you from what you want to do. You see, Paul, he's not dumb. He's a smart man. He's an educated man. To be that high up in the Jewish law, to be that kind of mercenary for the Jewish hierarchy, he was educated in all of it, in the Torah. He was a scholar. He's a brilliant man. And then he also had a conversation with Jesus that radically changed his life and set him on a new path. And because he spent so many years in the flesh, even though he was a self-professed Jew, what happened? He understands humans. And so he puts it here. He says... Here are some things from the flesh. What was he saying? Sexual immorality, orgies, drunkenness, uh, lust, anger, selfishness, deceitfulness, division. He says all of these different things, right? He just lists them off. And then he says, things like these will keep you from inheriting the kingdom of God. He says things like these. I'm going to zero in on the phrase things like these. You want to know why? I think it will set some of us free today. Things like this. God allowed this to be in the Bible because He understands you and me, especially Matt McClure, way better than Matt McClure will ever understand me. Okay? Because you know what I do? I love to bend the rules. I've broken the law. No, I not just drive 55 like the sign said, okay? But here's the deal. Paul, he lists up all these things. But how many of you know, even though he listed like 11 things on there, that doesn't cover the gamut of what it means to be human, to be fallen, to be broken. So he says things like these, because for you and for me, and especially me, okay, I am preaching to myself right now. Matt McClure will find a way to dip his toe in the flesh. Matt McClure will find a way to dip his toe into the flesh if given the chance. If not given this word, if not having this set before me, letting me know there is one path that will lead to life and there is one path that will lead to death. There is one thing here that will lead to you being breakers and there will be another path set before you that will lead to you needing to be broken. The Spirit will lead you in the ways of breaking. But the flesh will lead you in the needing of breaking. 
you see the difference, my friends. There is one that anoints. There's one that appoints. There's one that assigns. There's one that approves. There's one that sets you on the path and the purpose for what God has called you to do. And in that, you are able to do exceedingly above all that you could ask, dream, or imagine in the flesh. And the other one, and the other one is a dead end eventually. Paul says things like these because he knows and understands human nature. That there are heinous, humiliating, terrible, hurtful, deceitful, sensitive things that you and I will do if left to our own devices and vices. But thank God for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because here's the deal. Here's the deal. While the flesh will not allow you to inherit the kingdom of God, the Spirit will allow you to inherit the kingdom of God then and now. You don't have to wait to heaven with the Spirit of God to employ heaven and then be employed by heaven. You get to employ heaven now and be employed by heaven later. You get to employ heaven now and you get to be employed by heaven later. You will, you will inherit the kingdom of God here and now. Not just later. See, the flesh aims to rob you of everything, while the spirit aims to give you everything. There's this amazing, this amazing thing that Paul says at the beginning of this. And I don't think anything in the scriptures by happenstance or accident. I don't think Paul wrote these specific words under the influence of the Holy Spirit and he had a mulligan, he had a flow, he missed the mark, he said something on accident. No, no, no. I believe God and it's my heart that we would be a church that would take God at his word because I honestly believe he'll save us from ourselves. That's why I need Jesus to save me from myself. I don't need to be saved from America, from culture, from celebrity. I don't need to be saved from the things that are on Twitter and on Facebook and everything else that's going on. I need to be saved from me. Nobody else has more power over me than me. Unless we give it to the Holy Spirit. Amen. So Paul says this. Paul says this. In this first verse, he says, we put it back up to Matt, the first verse. He says, when I say walk by Spirit. I say walk by the Spirit. He says walk by the Spirit. He says walk by the Spirit. I don't think that's an accident. I don't think that's simple phraseology for the day. I don't think that's just, you know, water cooler banter. I don't think it's just a common use phrase. I think in this lies, in these four words, walk by the Spirit. There's a question in there. Do you walk by the Spirit or do you walk by the Spirit? I think we can let that sink in for a second. Right? Let, that, let that get down right in our hearts. Do we walk by the Spirit or do we walk by the Spirit? 
Do we walk by the Holy Spirit, or do we walk by the Holy Spirit? Ponder this question for a second. Do we walk by the Spirit, or do we walk by the Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit a person we walk by, or is the Holy Spirit the person we walk by? See the difference? Is the Holy Spirit a person we walk by, or is the Holy Spirit the person we walk by? He says, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. Do you walk by the Spirit, or do you walk by the Spirit? Friends, in this moment, I think it's very clear that there's a decision and a choice that has to be made for every single believer. The Holy Spirit will either be passed by, or He will be your Passover. Holy Spirit will either be passed by or He will be your Passover. He will either be passed by or He will be your Passover. You see, friends, Paul, he's making it abundantly clear here. There is one way to live the way God has called you to live as you can't do it on your own with your best behavior, with your as many alarms set to, on your phone to remind you to behave a certain way or texting other people or whatever. There is one way that you will fulfill the life that God has called you to have to fulfill the purpose He has given you to complete the assignment He has set before you. But that is, that is determined solely based upon are you walking by the Spirit or are you going to walk by the Spirit? Because here's how good our God is, right? Here's how good our God is. Our God. You can walk by the Spirit with troubles in hand and confusion and life circumstances falling apart. And you can go to the Spirit. You can walk by the Spirit. You can pass by the Spirit when you're in need of a handout and a bailout. And God will do it because He's good. And He's faithful. And He's awesome. He's so much better than we are. But if we make a commitment to be a people who aren't going to just walk by the Spirit, but we're going to be a people who will be walked by the Spirit, we will find ourselves in a place in the time where we are not needing a bailout because we have got full access to heaven already. Is this making sense? Because for every takeover, a turnaround is necessary. For every takeover, a turnaround is necessary. We have got to be able to recognize, yeah, I've got some areas in my life that I've been walking by the Holy Spirit with instead of being walked by the Holy Spirit in. i got some areas in my marriage that I've been walking by the Holy Spirit with instead of being walked by the Holy Spirit in. Amen. I got some things that I've been planning for my future, college, marriage, whatever it may be, things that I'm looking for my retirement, wherever it 
find yourself in life, if you're going at it alone, you're going at it in the flesh, but if you're going at it with the Spirit, God's already got a plan for you. But it's in this moment that we decide, we discover, man, is he my, have I passed him by? Or is he going to be my Passover? Is he going to be my protection? Or is he going to be my bail bondsman? What is the Holy Spirit going to be to you? What is he going to be to you? The Holy Spirit has to be, has to be our motor function. The Holy Spirit has to be the motor by which we function. The Holy Spirit has to be the way by which we put one foot in front of the other. Or else we will fall back into old habits. We will fall back into old desires. We will fall back into old mindsets and depression and anxiety and old spirits that have bogged us down and kept us chained up and kept our mouth shut and kept us from our hope. He has got to be the motor by which we function. Are you walking by the Holy Spirit or are you being walked by the Holy Spirit? Am I preaching to anybody today? He has to be the means by which we walk. He's got to be the means by which we have hope. He's got to be the means by which we lift our head. He's got to be the means by which we bend our knees. He's got to be the means by which we go to work. He's got to be the means by which you say Mary. He's got to be the means by which you don't have sex before marriage. He's got to be the means. He's got to be the means. I hope this is good today. I hope we're feeling filled up today. I hope we're understanding that there has to be an overthrow of what was in order to have an overflow of what will be. Your God is for you. Paul, he goes on into this verse and he says, keep in step with the Spirit, which implies you and I, we can actually be Christians and live out of sync and live out of step and live outside of God's plans for our life, still fully devoted to heaven, still fully on our way, still fully have a relationship with Jesus, but we can actually live a way outside of what God's intended path is for us. That's why messages like this are imperative. That's why going into year three, this is imperative. This is why on year three, we need to sit down with our Father and we need to ask Him some facts of life because the fact of the life of the breaker is that we are designed to keep in step with the Spirit and not in step with our flesh. If we keep in step with the Spirit, how do you know the Spirit will keep in step with you? Yes. You feeling like God's not kept in step with you? Or are you in step with the Spirit? Right. You feel like you got disorder and chaos in your life? Are you in step with the Spirit? Right. You feel like you don't have peace in your marriage, a peace in your life, a peace in your future? Are you in step with the Spirit? If you keep in step with the Spirit, the Spirit will keep in step with you. Can we just prophesy real quick this morning? Can you turn to your neighbor and tell them the Spirit will keep you? The Spirit will keep you. I feel like there's some people in here today. I don't know what you've been going through. 
I don't know what kind of chaos is right down on the way. I don't know what kind of disorder has replaced Jesus' takeover in your lives. But I feel like there were some people in today, and I need to be reminded of it too. The Spirit will keep you. The Spirit will keep you. But He cannot keep you if He has not received you. Paul pleads with this church. Galatia, guys, like you're starting to do some wild circumcisions again. You're starting to allow this in the pulpit. You're starting to allow this in your people. You're not counseling against this the way that you could be or teaching about this the way that you should be. And right now, the spirit of the flesh has just been allowed to run rampant in the house. But we're called to run the spirit of the flesh out of the house. submitted to myself, my spirit, or my God, or anybody else, and I am just overcome with emotions and fear and anxiety, and all of a sudden there's rage. What's up, rage? You see, the broken will always turn around for the flesh that's readily available to it, but the breaker must turn around because the spirit is readily available. Came to church today to tell you, keep in step. Keep in step. The Spirit will keep you, but you've got to keep in step. Amen. Amen. So what does that look like? What does that look like? I think we can honestly ask that question today. Right? We can honestly ask that question today. Just so you know, we're definitely going to go a little long because we have the ceremony. So just go away. Because this is important and this will set you free. This will change your life. Sorry, not sorry. But how do we do that? How do we keep in step with the Spirit? Well, I think like a good pastor, I should encourage you, let's look no further than Jesus in that. Matt, would you throw that verse up on the screen for me? Coming out of Matthew 3, 13 through 17. Are you ready for this? Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John the Baptist. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me. But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. John consented. And when Jesus 
was baptized, immediately he went from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So here's Jesus. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, the precious name, the sight to behold, Jesus, who gave everything. It's only by Jesus giving everything that we have a byway to the Holy Spirit. Amen. So here's Jesus, fully God, fully man, giving up his Godship so that he can come and live a mortal's life complete with the breaking of God that would lead him to the anointing of God. Jesus was, in fact, the first true breaker. See, the fact that Jesus gave up his Godship to not save himself from persecution, not save himself from being crucified, not save himself from the craziness that would happen to him, the affliction that would be pushed upon him. Jesus did not save himself from the breaking so that he could receive the anointing. And Jesus himself didn't prevent that when he could have. But it actually gave him access to greater power. And that's something that I just can't ignore. So here's Jesus. And he goes to John the Baptist, a crazy, amazing prophet crazy, amazing prophet. He goes to John and he says, I need to be baptized by you. And John knew full well who Jesus was at this moment. No, 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 Lord, I should be baptized by you. I need to be baptized by you. You've got to baptize me. I can't baptize you. But Jesus, lowering himself once again to you and I's level, he says, no, this is the only way. This is the path. This is the way that I get from here to Calvary. This is the way for the Holy Spirit to ultimately come upon all of us. This is the way so that you can have God on the inside of you, doing amazing works through you. This is the way. So Jesus, he paints a beautiful picture with his words in every recording of this. Jesus, in his words, he says, the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove and came and rested on him. It says that the Holy Spirit came and rested. On him. You want to know how to keep in step with the Spirit? I say look no further than Jesus. You wonder why? Because much like this ridiculous Kleenex. It's awkward. You don't like it. It's ridiculous Kleenex. <laughs> it's hanging out on my shoulder, resting. This is what it looks like to keep in step with the Spirit. Why? Because every move I make right now is in respect to the one that is resting on me. Every action and reaction is in reverence and in awe and inspired by the one that is resting on me. Can you imagine the type of movements? Can you imagine the type of consideration? 
Can you imagine the kind of respect that you would have to have for a dove, the consideration for it, for it to stay resting on you? How do I keep in step with the Spirit? By respecting the Spirit. To keep Him right here. And every movement my body makes is in consideration of Him staying at rest. Keeping Him going here. Every thought that I have is in respect and consideration with keeping the Holy Spirit resting right here. Every movement that I make every time a surprise comes about in my life and he stays at rest and I want to jerk and I want to be caught off guard but suddenly the Holy Spirit resting on me is imparting rest within me he's not surprised he's not caught off guard he's not defensive this is what it looks like Keep in step with the Spirit. How Jesus was able to set aside His Lordship and take on the Holy Spirit, allow another part of Himself, He's three and one, one three, to guide Him and to move through Him and to use Him. See? I wasn't considering it. But that's as easy as it is, right? You see, suddenly, I'm in a relationship with this dove. Suddenly, this dove and I are connected. And suddenly, because of my respect that God in heaven would give this, I begin to take consideration in my life. If I go to this place like Jesus did, Jesus only went where he saw his father go. He only said what he heard his father say. And he only did what he saw his father do. How did he see it? He's right here. I go to this place where I learn to keep in step with the Spirit in your life, if I go here, does that respect the dove that God gave me? If I cuss this person out, does that respect the dove that God gave me? If I abandon what God has called me to do, does that respect the dove that God gave me? See, these are the considerations that Jesus had. This is how Jesus was able to walk if I come around a person who has an ailment and I don't pray for them, does that respect the dove that God gave me? It's all of it. You will learn to keep in step with the Spirit because it's the Spirit that will begin to determine the steps that you take. I think this is the visual that we needed today. I think this is the understanding that we needed from heaven today. I think what we needed in this moment was to see what it looks like when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You see, most Christians, they don't know this because they were never informed that this happens when you come to know Jesus. Most pastors have failed to equip their people because they didn't tell them that there's such a thing called not just water baptism, but baptism in the Holy Spirit. Or as Jesus puts it, baptism by fire. That's in a moment 
where the Holy Spirit comes and He rests on you. And suddenly, you have to live in consideration for another. You have to live in awe and reverence for another. It's how I'm thinking right now. It's my obsessions right now. Are these in consideration and observance and reverence for this dove that my God gave me? Imagine how careful you would step if you gave consideration to the Holy Spirit. Imagine the miracles we would see if we gave consideration to the Holy Spirit. Imagine the marriages we would have if we gave consideration to the Spirit. Imagine the porn-free lives we would lead if we gave consideration to the Holy Spirit. Imagine the worship that would break out in this room if we gave consideration to the Holy Spirit. Imagine the dreams and the visions and the prophecies and the healings and the financial breakthrough and the vision and everything that God wants to give you if we gave consideration to the Holy Spirit. Church, you can stand up. Right now. 